Yeah, reality's tough. I found w- working in reality is like, I mean, I haven't worked on a lot of like dating shows or anything, but mm. there is definitely this, you know, you're aware that there's a camera around and it definitely puts this guard up for a lot of people. But I think the people who like get cast on reality shows, they don't have that. They don't. Yeah. yeah they're yeah. sort of uh, crazy in yeah. a way. Like for even. Didn't, did we both work on that casting thing? For that dating show? Yeah. yeah. That was the one. Like, X on the beach. X on the beach. Yeah. yeah. That was how I, that crystallized like what you're just talking about. I would never get cast on a show like this no. because I am not at all what they want. I wouldn't even make it past the first round like because yeah. I'm well adjusted. Yeah, exactly. These are people who are like fragile yeah. and have like, or, you know, that's it though. I do respect the game of somebody who's like, I'm a musician or I'm a DJ or a model and they know that this exposure will help and right. they're not wrong. And I realize that can seem really desperate and sad, but I also f- kind of feel like, no, that's 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 part of the business of show business is like you, you just need someone to see you. You need yeah. somebody to see you and like what you're doing. That's yeah. It, you know? And honestly, like it's I mean, you can be a professional at it and you can be an amateur at it. And like you I I yeah. know that just working like, you know, writing up interview questions. It's like, are the are they going to want to answer this or are they going to be real like sheltered all of a sudden and yeah. say like, I don't want to get into that. And if they're real like yeah. star potential, like us on a reality show, they're like, yeah, let me tell you all about, or I'll say exactly what you want me to say about yeah. this person. Uh, hey, Brie. Hey, Victoria. Uh, you know what I need today? What do you need? A breath of fresh movie. <gasps> me too. Yes. Perfect coincidence. Okay. <laughs> This is a breath of fresh movie, a weekly podcast where me, Victoria Harley, and she, Brianna Jones, <laughs> watch a movie neither one of us has ever seen before, and then we talk about it. Uh, Chelsea is off this week, just like last week. She's uh, just taking care of some shit. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, and Brie has been so sweet to join me here and and cover this week. So thank you, Brie. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for asking. Oh my god. I mean, you also host a movie podcast. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, I host a movie podcast with Cozy Orlin. Um, it's called You Need to See This, and it's uh, basically one of us hasn't seen the movie, and the other host tries to convince them to watch it, uh, and we give five spoiler-free reasons. Mm. Um, and then sometimes we have a guest on too, and we had Victoria as a guest recently. Yeah. Yeah, I was on. We talked about Barry Lyndon. Yeah, which not hard for me to do. Like I'm, I'm like it's a beautiful I, movie. Oh, so good. Yeah, so many good boys. And similar, like I saw some similarities watching this movie. Oh uh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, I mean, just cool. just the the sort of like saga of someone's yeah, life. Yeah, like it the... is very saga epic picaresque. So today's film is the 1954 Technicolor drama The Barefoot Contessa. This is starring, we have Ava Gardner, Humphrey Bogart. There's some other people in there too. I forgot to write down the cast list. I usually <laughs> do that. But you've, you're connected to the internet. Yeah, you can I can, us. yeah. Um, washed up director Harry Dawes gets a second chance at stardom when he discovers a Spanish dancer in a Madrid nightclub. However, the nature and reality of stardom begins to weigh on her as she begins to seek an escape. And that's kind of the mm. most general logline without spoiling shit mm-hmm. um this is a good point usually i would turn to chelsea and this would be checkpoint chelsea but right now this is we could call it uh the brie bar the brie bar the <laughs> brie, uh uh brie not border it could, <laughs> it was like the brie border i think that works it's kind of like the same concept do you think 
I feel like we could spoil this a little bit, right? Or like, is this a... I was having a hard time deciding that because I was like, it sort of starts off telling you what's going to happen, but in a way that you don't know how it happens. Exactly. So So I think maybe if you're like, I mean, I'm taking it away from you. No, no. I feel like, yeah, it's something maybe... I don't know. I feel like, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to look up too much. You probably want to look up the basic log line and then that's it going into it. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there are some spoilery things, I guess. I think there are moments of, of, of drama that I think if you knew they were coming, it might be not so fun. You know? yeah, yeah yeah i agree i hear you though it is a, it's a it's a odd because we are given a certain amount of information and i think it's totally fine for us to say it begins at the funeral of the spanish dancer so right. we from the beginning the audience knows that she will die but how that happens in the story leading up to it is that's the whole that's on. the whole movie you exactly know? right yeah you just don't want to spoil those uh yeah those, those small turns. interactions and yeah. these turns and so if you really love a good surprise i'd say maybe go ahead and watch this it is available for free on tubi which is a pretty great free app you will have ads but you can watch this and then you could come back and listen to the episode right after you're done uh yeah but roku oh, channel too roku, oh out. roku channel oh yeah. very good very good so it's out there it's out there um, what are your first impressions? Uh, first impressions, very clever script and dialogue. Um, I, 100%. I enjoyed a lot of the characters in the movie. Um, I felt like it was a little, a little long unnecessarily, but, yeah. uh, but overall I thought it was, I really liked it and I yeah. thought, um, it was a good old Hollywood, yeah. uh, the golden age yeah. type of movie and, I mean, Ava yeah. Gardner is she's is beautiful, ethereal as hell in this. I mean, yeah. she's just gorgeous, and and the color is, I think, really, you know, Technic Humphrey Bogart and Technicolor. Who cares? Right. Ava Gardner and Technicolor, yes, please. It makes a huge difference. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You see, like, just the, even. You know, I mean, they talk. It's they talk about production in the movie, and yes. just like the mentioning of the key light, and you see, like, and oh, like, they what really. What is a key light? <laughs> what is a key light? And it's just like the moon on your face, and like that kind of stuff. It's like a. It's a. It's a movie about movie making. It's, it's a movie about movie making. Yeah, which I gotta say, I do love that as sort of a subgenre, but I think at this point, I have seen so many, so many that <laughs> are like frankly just a little better than this like this reminded yeah. me of so many of those like it has a little bit of sunset boulevard you mm-hmm. know and that he's kind of this washed up guy who's not really in charge um it has a little bit of the bad and the beautiful like yeah it has a little bit of what else did i write down oh there was another movie i was thinking of and it just i think i'm kind of spoiled you know because i've seen those and this felt a little bit pale in comparison yeah yeah i definitely don't think it's the best example of that yeah. type of movie but like the sweet smell of success isn't about filmmaking but it had a really similar feel to it the very right. like cynical i mean i'm just thinking about how many movies have a scene in the screening room at a at a like studio i know what a screen room looks like you know at a, because i've seen so many scenes where they just get done watching the thing and it's the perfect space because it really is where people will discuss and make decisions but yeah. it's, god there have been so many scenes put in that space i don't anyway yeah, just an yeah. i mean i'm curious like when this came out in comparison to a lot of those movies too like sunset yeah. boulevard like it's right around the same time it's, it's sort of the same and yeah and it feels like yeah the thing that everyone at the time thought was so innovative and they're like what if we made a movie, movie about, about making movies well like, singing in the rain is a great example of that right i mean seeing the sound stages yeah and, i mean i think that's like the benefit right of this period in cinema because we're in the 50s and it's like it's now been around quite a while but long enough that there's room to reflect on an earlier time and you know it right yeah 
I don't know. I mean, yeah, silent to sound is a huge transition, but then there are other kinds that go on and, you know, as studios grew and anyway, I could go on and on, but I do think it's a fun, I think if I had never seen any of those other movies about movies, Mm -hmm. I would find this very cool and interesting, but it's still ultimately like about this woman, right? It's pretty much about, yeah, it's like, I thought of Barry Lyndon because it's just a character who is, is, she is an an interesting character and, you know, um, similarly like the whole, rags to riches kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. But yeah, I think it's it's more about her and just sort of like how it's hard to kind of uh, settle with the culture of Hollywood, yeah. even back then. And it's like, mm, it's already mm-hmm. so, um, I guess, uh, superficial and yeah. uh, glitz and glamour. Totally, totally. And she's barefoot. Because yeah, because that's truth and honesty. And yeah. I like to be in the dirt. Um, I did, at first I was kind of like, oh, is it okay that she's doing the Spanish character? But then I'm like, but you know, Spain is, that's white. That's Europe. Like, yeah, there was a moment of that too where I'm like, but you know, yeah. I'm part Spanish too. Right, and I'm right. like, I have, uh, it wasn't part too- Mexicans, part Spanish, but like a lot of the Spanish people in my family, obviously all white, all pretty white, yeah. light skinned. And- right. I mean, it, they didn't, they didn't do anything to change her complexion either. Right. In fact, they didn't do any like darkening no and- <laughs> which good yeah, um th- not necessary that would have made it so much worse um but i did think it was interesting that we didn't see the screen test but that was one of the notes that uh the Bogart's makeup. character is like less makeup we don't need that yeah. we don't- i'm like oh, all right oh that's true i didn't even think about it that yeah. way i was I, like too much eyeshadow <laughs> i also so, thought yeah. and i know this is early early in the movie yeah but that first scene where She's performing, but we never see her. I love, I wrote, yeah, I wrote down that. Like, yeah. I really did love that scene. Um, and you just sort of get almost like little miniature stories from these people that they're like cutting around to I at the bar. That. And I loved it. I loved like the the sort of um, uh, mobster looking guy with the cigar and like the quietly crying girl. girl. Yeah. yeah, it's like, what's going on there? I loved, there was the, the older couple and the, the husband is just, Completely transfixed on the dancer, and his wife is just sort of watching him. And like she's kind of just jealously. Like, like, she's like, like, I know I can't do. It. I get it, but also, god damn it, dude, could you could you just not look so much? I'm here. Yeah. yeah. And then there were those girls. The table of the women who were like not paying attention at all, except for like filing I their nails. That. They're all like, like knitting or reading. Like they're like, wait, we don't care. Right. And this is just like their hangout spot. Like you could yeah. see like these uh, these yeah. women probably get together every right. week at it's this like, place. We don't care about this dancer. Whatever. We're yeah. we're cute. Um, we're here. And then the. You know, the little bus boy who's watching, I learned that he was in The Bicycle Thieves. Oh. He was the little boy in The Bicycle Thieves, which, you know, I mean, not saying like we needed to turn this movie into that, but it is kind of funny. It's such a Hollywood way of like, oh, you were the child actor in an incredibly bracing and dramatic, you know, art film. Like, we'll make you the bus boy. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> he was cute after. Though. Yeah, he was, cute, he was cute, but but very minor role in comparison. He's just watching her. I mean, but I love that. Yeah, we don't see her dance, and so then when they want the second dance, we're kind of with them, and that like we have we don't know what she's capable of. Yeah, Although I do think it's kind of funny though that like we actually, except for the well, okay, the, I guess she was at that. They call it a gypsy camp. I'm not using that phrase. That was yeah. what they said. She does dance there. But I was going to say, there's actually a, not a lot of her dancing, considering it's supposed to be about her ability as a dancer. Right. I'm like, I actually don't even I remember know. if there was that, just that, that the one, only dancing I think that scene. might, apart from maybe some, was there some like ballroom the stuff? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Maybe because she just wasn't like good at dancer. I don't know. Maybe. I, no, I mean, disrespect. the dance at the camp, though, was, was very, pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. 
I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, that statue did not look like her. It did not, no. It was like an alien version of her or something. It, that's why they focused on the feet so much. They yeah. were like, let's... Uh, yeah. yeah. Although I did learn that Frank Sinatra bought that statue and like oh. put it in one of his houses or yards or something. Interesting. Because he, he and Ava Gardner had a long affair. Yeah. Yeah. He was hooked. Hooked Ooh. on Ava Gardner. Anyway, that's just beside the point. in love, yeah. Well, actually, a historical knows this movie um, is like that character, the the Kirk, the guy with all the money. He's basically supposed to be like a Howard Hughes type. Mm. And Ava Gardner really did have a relationship with Howard Hughes. So it's kind of oh. a little bit of autobiography for her. Yeah. I've also read that this movie's kind of based on Rita Hayworth's story. I read that too. Yeah, yeah which I did not know. I read that after I watched it. And right. I was like, oh, okay. Interesting, right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, her story is she didn't come from Spain, but she was a dancer, I know, in New York. And, mm-hmm. and her name was Margarita. It wasn't Rita, you know. Right. Was, um, and, they, yeah, she went through all kinds of transformation and the electrolysis to make her hairline higher. And, like, they, they – I mean, you want to talk about whitewashing. They, right. They made Rita Hayworth. You know, as white as they could without – As white as they could. Yeah. yeah. So uh, – but, you know, she's great. We love her. Jessica Rabbit her. is based on Rita Hayworth. Yeah. So there it is. Anyway. Uh, that was all beside the point. <laughs> um, what were some interesting th- information? There's though. Some details. I feel yeah. like yeah, the Frank Sinatra. It's funny because like I didn't yeah. know the Frank Sinatra. Um, that I didn't know how uh, smitten he was with her. Oh and, yeah, like, they were. They were yeah. I mean, I listened to another podcast about Ava Gardner, and I mean, they were they're comedy oriented, but they pretty much said like Ava Gardner had diamond level pussy, and <laughs> just like, and it was known in Hollywood. I mean, she he was like obsessed with her ass. Like he would get like hypnotized by it. Like oh my I mean, God. just anyway, Frank really loved Ava. Uh, yeah, on, on her IMDb, they mm-hmm. had like the um, the trailer like where they usually show sort of the. Um, all of the films they've been in. Yeah, uh, it right. was like a Frank Sinatra documentary oh, promotion okay. instead. Yeah, so interesting. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's about her. Well, they definitely had a relationship. There's no denying that. Definitely. Um, yeah. I. What were some? Of the, you said there were some lines in this movie. Like, we, there are. The script is very funny, or it has some very like pithy, great. Like, ooh, I wish I could have said that off the cuff. Yeah. So there was one that I remember, he was basically talking about, um, Bogart's character was talking uh-huh. about uh, his sixth sense. Right. And he said something about- He um, sees dead people. He sees dead people, yes. <laughs> um, this was the uh, inspiration for the sixth sense. Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Um, but he basically said a witch would give up his left broom, uh, her left broomstick to, to the, get his <laughs> sixth sense, um, which, yeah, I don't know. What does that mean? Like- yeah, I feel like broomstick? it's like your left tit, you know, okay, like you give up your left, left tit. Broom. All right. Your... Yeah. Left broomstick. But I didn't. I thought it was like, a. Okay. It's, it's kind of a weird. It's line. a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. I like it, though. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, when he described the PR uh, counselor, public relations counselor, he's like, they give me many things. Some of them punishable by law. Ooh, yeah. That's <laughs> so a, good that was one. a good one. Poor little rich boy. I just wow. liked when he called him a poor little rich yeah, boy. Yeah, Classic. Classic. Um, and then honestly, the whole, just the whole um, uh, time Maria is describing her sort of dis- dislike of, of wearing shoes and that whole yeah, um, that monologue. monologue was was well written. Yeah. I, I am paid to say I use a certain kind of soap, even though I do not. And like, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Mothers name their, their babies after me. Yeah. The whole like Cinderella thing and the, 
you and know, being stuck in between this like sort yeah. of wanting something more but also like feeling safe in the dirt and she's yeah. just talking about uh you know poverty poverty and, and keeping and and the war yeah. and sort of using the dirt as like a way to feel safe yeah just trying she's kind of trying to hold on to it i mean i don't necessarily th- yeah maybe poverty is like not the right answer because poverty is a curse you know like let's right. be real like it's not let's not romanticize it but like or I mean, i'm telling myself don't run it um, but yeah I, there's definitely a tension going on between her new identity and her former identity and um they they use the barefoot thing as the that's sort of the visual metaphor from the start you know is when she's barefoot she feels more like herself you know i think um it's just funny because when i see this i'm like wait a minute so how did Inna Garten get hooked up with this Barefoot Contessa thing? Because, like, there's that cooking show and the cookbook. And it's, yeah. And I found out, like, Inna Garten basically bought a specialty food store that was called the Barefoot Contessa. And then that just ran with it, I guess. Yeah, I had no idea about that at all until I, like, was you know, trying to look this. up the movie. And I'm like, what, what is all this? Who is this woman? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what is this well, cooking show? I didn't, like, I knew the, sh- the cooking stuff before this. So I was like, oh, okay, this is the origin. All right, cool. I'm glad we got that served. Yeah. Oh, out. another line oh, yeah. that I can read my handwriting now. Um, uh, butterflies shaped like people. Yeah, which was good. Which is, like, a weird poetic. Basically, like, uh, just going into the whole glitz and glamour of Hollywood and yeah. the... Um, uh, the international set that yes. they go to. Yeah, because right, she she goes she elevates up to Hollywood, and then after that, she sort of elevates up to uh, like the French Riviera kind of Monte Carlo Monte Monaco set. Like um, when she joins up with um, what's his name, the rich guy who he's playing. <laughs> He's playing the South American, and I gotta say, yeah. that's the guy from the Red Shoes who could not have been more of a white redhead in that movie. Okay, yeah, you, you know, yeah, that was a little bit. Eh, I don't know about this. that. Was a, that was a definitely like we're like, hey, let's just get some authentic. Yeah, but I guess again, one could make the argument that right, a lot of people in South America came over from you know, like I know that Argentina identifies much more strongly with like Spain and Europe, yeah. than they would with Mexico because uh, everybody looks down on Mexico apparently, right? <laughs> and even, right. And even then, yeah, you could argue it's like okay, well then get like actual Spanish, right? Exactly. Even, even then, yes. like Spanish. No, I mean, they versus... clearly weren't working too hard, or they thought he was a good get. I don't know. He wasn't. Yeah. He played the part fine. It's just your hair has been dyed with what looks like shoe polish. I mean, it's, it's just so, greasy and black. It's yeah. so over the like his eyebrows. They made them so dark and thick i'm like what is happening right and like questionable accent very questionable like in and out most very in and out very in and out yeah Um, didn't really commit to it i liked the line it's a little dark but the uh you know every mother should be loved and she's like if they deserve (gasps) it yes if they deserve it Ooh, i love yeah i love her um she's just brutally honest i do not like my mother i do not like my mother what do you mean yeah like i would not want her to come with me yeah (laughs) uh and then her mother gets was murdered i mean it's, yeah and she's like good and she's still in the trial yeah just yeah. kind of like well yeah. she kind of not had it coming but sort of yeah suddenly everybody's on their side um yeah i just thought one line i wrote down is the difference between european and american movie magnates is astonishing there is none Ooh. <laughs> i'm like yeah good stuff i can't do a good bogey accent but it it it's, it's very a, distinct voice it's yeah. a very perfect vehicle for his brand of you know they're like, I thought you would have been a much older man. And, you know, he's like, I was until I saw that test. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, good line. The one about, it, just from that character who had oh, the yeah. shoe polish in his hair, but the um, <laughs> income tax can be easily avoided by anyone with income. Yeah. And I was like, yep, that's, that's uh, yep. I feel that. <laughs> that was accurate. Yeah. Yeah. The class commentary and yeah, everything. Yeah. It's good. 
Yeah, um, it's not absent. And I, I got to say, an overall note, I think it was very refreshing that Harry and Bogey and Ava Gardner's character, Maria, nothing happens. Yeah, no, they're platonic. Completely platonic. Relationship. And, I, and they even call that out. He's like, oh, I get it. You know, you can't understand that men and women could have a relationship besides the few that you're aware of, you know. But but right. there is this wonderful kind of like he's married. And I mean, he married the script girl, though. I mean, that's not going to end well for her. Right. Um, <laughs> director marries a script girl. Um, but I, I thought there was something very nice about that change that he had a, a he was married and he was happy in that like he had been through enough shit to like right. I, I'm not interested in you that way and I did I, I thought that was different too and I thought like because I was you know, kind of waiting for you were expecting the turn yeah you're expecting the point where they become attracted to each yeah. other and it was always sort of like a almost like he's just like a guide to her he respects her talent and I he think, respects her talent yeah. I think he understands that like I don't need you like that like yeah. that's, that's not what I need from you, you know? Right. Like just knew what she had and knew he sort of had to be like a a, a guiding light, I think, to yeah. like kind of. Oh, the way he swept in for that screen test, you know, the way he oh, got yeah. that. I mean, that was like. Got a, the European. Yeah. Uh, the, it was really masterful in the way that, you know, it's it's like. He's protective. He's protective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah he knew that sh- that uh, she would, Kirk or whatever would uh, ruin her career if uh yeah she actually like signed with him exactly no i thought that was that was definitely interesting that was nice but it's balanced out by the whole like it's okay to murder your wife for adultery in italy yeah (laughs) spoilers oh and then that the bogart the um i know producers who would travel twice as far for a a good smoked white fish What he's talking about, uh, yeah. g- basically traveling far for like a uh, new face, a new face, yeah, for yeah. talent. There was also that roving point of view, right? And that I d- did not. That didn't work for me. I didn't like it. Yeah, I, I wrote. I it thought down it was going like, to huh? stay. I thought it was going to st- like, oh, now we're going into this guy. But then we went back to Bogey. It was kind of jarring, and I felt like there wasn't. I and I feel like if you're gonna do that, you almost have to set the viewer up to like expect that yeah in a way and i felt like it was so abrupt there was a point where like sometimes i'm like oh like i know bogart has a distinct voice yeah, but there were some like, parts where i'm like oh is this oscar yeah. or is, is this it exactly exactly and then they went briefly to um the count like yeah. his point of view which also was i'm like why why do we yeah i agree that was odd it was i mean it, i guess it's like to create this dramatic but it was like so many different people's uh progress was was being tracked you know oscar that like the idea that she would stand up for something her father murdered right. and, and it not bring her down. Like, as he said, he, it shook his idols. It suddenly realized, like, oh, maybe everything I thought was true isn't true. Yeah. But again, it's like, oh, but are we really on his journey? Like, who's... A little muddled. A little muddled. It was yeah. muddled, yeah. And I think, again, uh, the, the bad and the beautiful does that, but they do it from three... It's like three it's parts. Recognizably and like separate. Yeah. When it goes, you're like, oh, okay. And then eventually we'll get the last guys. And, and yeah. each piece also narratively was in line, like chronologically, so that it was yeah. like, I knew him when he was this. I'm part of this him. part of his life. Yeah. And, and so it's a very, I mean, I love The Bad and the Beautiful. Check yeah. that movie out. I do think it's a better film than this. I'll I just agree. say it. So, yeah. Um, but that said, I think this is a great. It, it's beautiful. It's, it's good. It's got yeah. a great score. The score is really gorgeous, and I didn't really appreciate it the first time through. Um, oh, hi, Joni. Hi. <laughs> oh, she's getting brave. Yeah. Oh, look at you got a little harness. We're on. harness you go for training. Walks? We're trying to harness trainer. Aww. She doesn't seem to mind that one so much. Anyway, that's good. Uh, yeah, Lila's a yeah harness cat. Oh, good. Yeah, good. Good. She's also still ter- scaredy cat. Completely. Well, so she, but I'm yeah. impressed she came out. Yeah. Um, 
I knew like enough about the movie going in, but mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I think I expected it to be a little bit. I thought I was going to enjoy it more than I did. Fair. Um, but yeah. I still really liked it, but I think I thought it was going to be a lot more um, along the lines of Bad and Beautiful. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. No, I hear it. Once we got going, I'm like, oh, this a classic. Is kind of, I'm like, this is kind of like blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh. And as time went on, it's like, eh, I was a little bit confused, you know? Yeah. It's just, I think it just was a little less clear. I mean, but and I loved like the dialogue. I really did. Same. I think you're right. The script is very witty. It's very much like, this is how, and I mean, this was directed by uh, Joseph Mankiewicz, who, I mean, he had been, we'll talk about him a little bit more, but I mean, he's been working in this business forever. So at this point, you know, like he was working in silent era. He wrote this, he directed it. It feels very personal to him and what he wanted to say about the business. Yeah. But again, somewhat also taking Rita Hayworth's story as a little bit of a model. As a, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, I mean, yeah, you get the sense of like, I, I mean, I always appreciate that, like even from, uh, you know, early, early on in, in film and film is still very new. It's like mm-hmm. oh, there yeah. is this understanding and criticism of like it's and I love just anything that's like, you know, no matter how much of an artist you are, you're always working for somebody who mm-hmm. uh, most artists are anti, you know, extreme capitalism. Yeah. And it's like no matter what, you're always going to be working for somebody who has all the money. I mean, John Waters gave a commencement speech and he talked about basically like, I'm going to say something kind of controversial, which is like, I don't hate all rich people because like we need someone to invest in our movies. We need people to buy our art. We need the the idea of patronage, you know, I think is like a really beautiful concept that's been lost Mm -hmm. a bit, especially in America. America. We don't, yeah. That's because the arts can actually create some really intense mobility for somebody, right? Yeah. Because it's so, like, it changes your perspective and it changes your ideas about what you have to be or have to do to earn a living. And I think that's, frankly, that that scares people. So, like, that's why arts funding gets cut because it's it's not because it's frilly. It's because it'll actually fucking radicalize people. Yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah, you can send messages with it. And if you get, like, I mean, yeah, Yeah. you you need the people behind you with the money in order to... Yeah. get the message out there and I mean like yeah. art is supposed to be seen and how are you yeah otherwise it's just it? therapy you know yeah. it's like if you're not if you're doing it for yourself that's totally fine yeah um that's great but but if you're if you're not intending to communicate with it it's like yeah it's it's, it's just this is just art therapy then like you're right. just doing this kind of kill some time which is totally fine <laughs> kill some time yeah it's it doesn't it's not as a um it's sort not life affirming yeah. a career, and right? It's not like I'm I'm trying to understand more about this or myself. It's just more kind of like or co- make a, a coloring comment. book or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, this makes me feel good for like an hour, and yeah, it's fine. It's totally fine, and not everything has to be purpose oriented. No. I mean, I think it's great sometimes just fuck around and make a little friendship bracelet, you know? <laughs> yeah, and and one you never even give out. Yeah, <laughs> You're it's like, for me. I've got a friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm friends my with own me. friend. Yeah, I chose these colors. I did the work. This is for me. Yeah, but I mean that's pretty much like my relationship with playing uh music i'm like yeah. i never want any i don't care to share you know well, my voice with people but i think it's totally fine like and not that this is the only metaphor for it but i think it's like being religious you know you can be an evangelist and you can like kind of put it out there and make everyone be aware of it or mm-hmm. you can just sort of practice it quietly at home and those are the that's fine evangelists too. we love <laughs> the non yeah the ones who aren't the ones who, who just i'm just saying i think i think when i was in college like 
I was a college DJ and I was very like, music's so important and you like that. Oh, that's because you're stupid. Right. Just the judgment. Kind of very, well, you know, that's normal 20s behavior. Yeah, yeah. You're very like, this is what I like and that's why I'm me. <laughs> yeah. Cementing your taste yeah. and your identity. Everyone needs to life. know what I like. Um, this is who I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. But um, it's nice to get older and not care so much. Yeah, absolutely. I love not caring. Yeah. So with music especially, it's like, I love music. I do. But... I'm not, um, I don't need to, I'm not going to keep up. Like, I like new stuff. I do like new stuff. I'm not one of those people who's like stuck in the music I listened to in high school. I'm like, God, yeah. no, I have moved past that. Like, right. I, I could, I you give, can go back to it once in a while, but well, like. like just even today, I was listening to an album I loved in college and I'm like, there's really only one song on here that's worth a damn. Like everything else is kind of. And you like, can be honest with yourself now yeah. though, because I think back I'm then like, you're like. No, I like... This is so different. It's so different. Yeah, you, so, you're going you, after it because of And like, now I'm like, this is goofy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a bit... I would like, be Do I really like listening to I this? I don't think oh. so. It's a little goofy. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, I have some notes about the production. Oh, if, great. Uh, unless you have some other things that you like. I mean, you can always jump in anytime. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I, I think just there was just a lot of... Um, a lot of characters that I oh Oscar the whole um there was a moment that I like laughed out, out loud at was when he was uh, on the phone and they just like played that whole thing out where he like couldn't hear him uh he was on the phone with yeah. uh um, it was that like exposition scene you know? yeah, yeah, yeah the like, Harry Dawes and he was like what I can't what do you mean you. she knows yeah she got a cable like you know, yeah. <laughs> it made me laugh I I mean it's it seemed like it was intentionally it was definitely meant to be silly yeah, yeah. it was silly yeah um, it was a lighthearted scene yeah yeah, because I mean that's this business is ultimately silly. You know, I mean we take it very seriously, and I'm not it's it's not glamorous, but like because I'm just thinking about like when we worked on the Outdoorsman, the mm -hmm. first the first film we both worked on together as PAs, unpaid. Uh, just mentioning unpaid, that. unpaid. <laughs> um, you know, there was like one Crafty. day you would have you'd be sent out for a prop that all of a sudden oh we don't have one ship we need it for the scene in like 20, 40 minutes. You need yeah. to go now. And so you are suddenly speeding across town to go buy a glass pipe and a, a torch lighter because we have a scene that involves crystal. And like suddenly this is the most important thing. Like literally it's like I'm coordinating with them. Like tell us when you're rolling up. We'll, we'll have somebody meet you at yeah. the car. You know, I mean, it's all for like a sandwich. <laughs> so like everything becomes DEFCON 5. Right, it's so, a, it's a mission. It's a mission yeah. that you have to you have to complete, or else yeah, everything this, falls apart. Everything falls apart, even though it matters. It, it, but the it end, also it is so silly. It's so small. Yeah. yeah, and I mean that. I think knowing when you're defeated seems like a really important part of being a director. I do remember like being an assistant on that, uh, it w assisting the art department one day, and yeah. it was like, um, and it's very important, but in, it, yeah. it is so like high stress. Um, and there was, uh, yeah. I, we got like the glow pen to like mark the levels and it was just for continuity which yeah. is super important of yes. like the wine glasses right but the way that that was like okay we got to go mark that glass now they took a drink oh um, yeah that dinner scene the that, dinner scene that di which was when there's so... there was like a bunch of people and, and it was supposed to be like christmas so everyone was wearing sweaters and stuff in the and scene it was, it was so fucking hot yeah <sighs> yeah good times good times yeah <laughs> yeah you know ultimately though that was a good experience i'm i'm i mean, I, I mean it, it was it was it was a gateway it was a gateway. And it, yeah, and I think... Uh, we met each other. We met each other. That's um, that's worth it. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like I miss sort of being on set for that reason. I feel like there's a lot of stories you get out of it. I um, think, like, I wouldn't want to be a PA, like, to earn my living. No. However, I would have so much more fun as a PA now. Because yeah. Because I would be like... 
uh-huh sure <laughs> yeah you, you realize know? you don't have to be a kiss ass as much as you, it, you are it's like you it's so easy it's actually very easy to do a good job and it's it, there is sort of this anxiety i think of like i mean i worked myself to death on that fucking thing yeah, because i was like I, I want a job after this and like right i mean the enthusiasm i've been in hollywood for three weeks now uh, i'm, I'm, I'm afraid yeah i'm, I'm green. on a set you yeah know? yeah anyway um no that's that's actually yeah. actually what it is movie making movie, <laughs> movie making. making the magic yeah so um. this movie uh was written and directed by joseph mankowitz uh who was the brother of herman mankowitz the guy who wrote pretty much wrote citizen kane or co-wrote uh as i said it was thought to be based on rita hayworth or possibly Anne Chevalier, but I didn't take the time to look into the details there. So mm. just throwing that out there. Oh. Um, this was part of the Hollywood on the Tiber era, which I had never heard of until I started digging into this. And post-World War II, it was pretty cheap to go film over in uh, in Europe. And so huh. there were and there were a lot of like sword and sandal type movies, like epics that were shot on location or at uh, Sinichita. Um, which also, that was the, um, it was actually started by Mussolini <laughs> to produce mm. fascist films. And it was shut down in like when he was overthrown and it was closed. And then they reopened it, I think in like maybe 47 or 48, which kind of immediately preceding this period. So I think it became not only worth their, hey, they have studios, but it's also uh, financially advantageous for us to go here. Yeah. So a lot of big productions that were sort of meant for a global audience, you know, would cast you know, Americans and English, but they would all film in, in Rome. And like, uh, so this was shot at Cinecita. The exteriors were done at Tivoli, San Remo, and Portofino. So even mm. though there's part that's like in Los Angeles, it wasn't, they weren't, they never shot any of this in LA, which right. I think is kind of interesting. That is interesting. And it was, it, it was yeah. better for them financially. To I mean, it out. was. Yeah. I, there were also some details about like frozen assets and like, comp- I, I didn't totally follow all that, but, it, yeah, it, but it sounded kind of like money had to stay in Italy so, so they, they could continue production. Yeah, it was just cheaper, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, some movies that were made at that time would have been like Ben-Hur was a big example. Cleopatra, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll actually come come back to talking about that later. Uh, Roman Holiday, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Three Coins and a Fountain. And even The Pink Panther, which is like a really great example hmm. of like, right, it has David Niven and Peter Sellers. And it's kind of, it's got a somewhat European international vibe. It's about Jewel Thief. You know, it, right. it's... it's it's funny. I just didn't realize that there was this thing going on with that Hollywood and there was Rome. a reason to yeah. like to be out of America. Yeah. yeah. So and I it, think it, it, it led to like the inspiration for these ideas. Yeah, to, exactly. Yeah. They're like, oh, we can do that. Um, we'll do another sword and sandal bit. And of yeah. course, what's cool, though, is that you would think, ooh, are they we carpet bagging? You know, all these American mm-hmm. companies coming over to Italy. But this right. this actually did benefit, though, the native Italian industry as well. And it started a trend and really got like Italian filmmaking back uh, and running in a real real way. Um, and in the 60s, it was the first time that Italian films outperformed imports in Italy since like the 40s. So they mm. were they were developing, they were redeveloping their, their uh, you know, their industry as well. So this mm-hmm. this basically the, the t- kickstart it, it helped a lot of people. And you know, the spaghetti Western thing happened, yeah. you know, it's, it's cool. Um, okay, so I mentioned that the character, uh, the Mr. Kirk, Something I forget. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, well, the guy, Kirk, ba- I, uh, producer I said, guy. <laughs> yeah, I said he was based on Howard Hughes, which is true because he mm. Howard Hughes threatened to sue uh, the movie makers because he found out somebody got you know he got wind somehow he's a little spies or something, but he mm. found out that like they're about to release this movie that has a very unflattering portrait of essentially me. So 
because he threatened to sue, they changed. Um, they basically had to do a last minute soundtrack fix, like an ADR session or something. Oh. And they changed. It was going to be a Texas tycoon. And they swapped that with a Wall Street financier because, you know, Hughes made his money and drill bits and stuff, you know. And, yeah. um, so I just thought that was like, wow, like they had to they had to do a little last minute like. Er, er. Oh, OK. I think that's interesting. Um, yeah. How he owned Texas. Yeah. Yeah. All of it, yeah. All of Texas. Uh, all of Texas. Um, Bogart and Gardner, although they had, I felt, great chemistry, apparently he felt like she didn't really give him a lot to work with. He wasn't a huge fan of her performance. Interesting. I do think it's interesting because they he really seems, it's so opposite. This character is so yeah. believing in her that I just find that so shocking. You know, right? So it's it's yeah. He's a he really good really, actor. I was gonna say he had to really pull from from within to like be able to make it convincing that he cared for this woman. I guess and, so. I mean, yeah. I kind of. I, I mean, like, I kind of see that. That she, was like. I mean, she was really young. You know, she I was know. really young, and I do think there that's is, part of her character too. I think, and she's in and like a novice. Yeah. I, yeah. I do, although, yeah, and, I do, I think maybe though, I because I watched it a second time. I mean, we're, she's beautiful. There's no question she's beautiful right. and very magnetic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a little, maybe a little bit like soft in the, yeah, in or the just, emotion. Like it was, it was a little bit of like, da, 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 da. you know, it was right. all kind Getting of at the that lines level. down and yeah, like the dialogue yeah. and. But she still said some things very well and beautifully. And I don't, I said things well. I, you know, I don't, I'm not knocking her. I just think it's interesting that a, a veteran performer didn't really get a lot from her he felt yeah right somebody who's worked with so many people yeah and and, um yeah that is interesting i feel like she definitely like there were moments where i was like pulled into what she was saying and then there were there were other moments where i was like there could be more from this but that's also not necessarily all on her either yeah i mean like the conversation they have about you know teaching her to act you know that like well if you can i can help you but if you can't no one can teach you yeah it's so interesting that they're talking about these issues and i almost feel like maybe he he wasn't acting in those moments you know like maybe he's like he's <laughs> that's he's, not even a line in the script right? that, was imp- that was actually just like uh, behind the scenes yeah, that like, was just uh that was, the camera just kept rolling and yeah they're like let it roll, let it roll. Um, one other detail i i didn't I'll look for this video and I'll post it online when I find it. But apparently parts of this film are used in a Lana Del Rey music video for Carmen. I read that. Did you read that? Okay. I did not. I've seen, I've probably seen I, that video. I have probably too, but I'm like, okay, I gotta. I've listened, yeah, I've seen a lot of Lana Del Rey videos probably. I mean, not you know. not recently, but like. No, don't. you don't need to back away from that. I yeah. Mean, she's. She's uh she's got a thing, you know. And and well yeah, and then I think that I loved makes her sense. first few albums. I was such a fucking Lana Me Del Me too, I, yeah. Oh my god. And sad, I think like sad horny, like yes please. Sad horny and like this this sort of like it makes sense that she would pull from this because yeah. it's like she has Hollywood. a nostalgic old Hollywood yeah, kind of look and, and totally. style of music. Yeah, and, she's like a sort of Nancy Sinatra for our generation yeah. a little bit. Like she's doing a lot of torch songs but for like an internet age. Yeah. I readapting you know, the Yeah, and the music and she's got well. a thing, you know. And I don't mean that negatively. It's just like Beach House has a vibe. Like I, yeah. Beach House doesn't, and I don't mean this so badly. It's just they don't evolve so much. Like right. they're, they're more like, no, no, we, we live in this sort of neighborhood. And that's where we like to be. And a lot of people love that's that. Fine. They hate it when artists evolve too. Exactly. There's so many some people, people are like, stay you've changed. The same, yeah. Stay the same. Why did you grow? <laughs> yeah. Don't grow. So anyway, Lana. I haven't grown, so you can't do anything. Yeah. Lana is maybe a little ingrown, but. Um, Carmen, I can hear it in my head now. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good song. Yeah, yeah. Um, some other movies that came out around the same time. Dragnet, 
The Kane Mutiny, Rear Window, A Star is Born, which, oh, that's another one, right? A Star, a Star is Born is another production. Yeah. Uh, you're a star. And that came a- out the oh, same year. That must have been hard for this oh, movie. Oh, I wonder if it came out before. Yeah, I, I didn't look up the exact date, but no, I'm it was sure, definitely yeah. in that, that window. That parallel. Um, is it parallel thinking or is it like, yeah, oh, it's like the, we're like when opportunistic? Were two, yeah, like when there were two Truman Capote movies. Like, yeah. Or the um, Armageddon and... Um, oh, and uh, Deep Impact. Deep Impact, yeah. And then um, Dante's Peak and Volcano. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Disaster movies, man. Uh, <laughs> other movies that were out, um, La Strada, that came out right around then. Bo Brummel, Track of the Cat, which is a Western with Robert Mitchum that's worth worth a look i have not seen that it's a good like a uh, winter western um Ooh. sabrina great movie mm-hmm. uh the egyptian and johnny guitar which i love johnny guitar but it was like definitely a flop and it's one of those i have not seen a, it it's a joan crawford movie so i'm just like i had love to it. but I, I actually really love it uh um, do you have reviews for this movie that you would like yeah. to share with us sure so there's this one, and this was the one uh, from the newspaper no, that you mm. sent. Yeah, somebody um, sent it. I don't know. Who. It was a mystery yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, email that the I should archi- I shouldn't arch- open in mystery emails, but <laughs> <laughs> I know. Did I know? So every once in a while, you forget to put a subject line on something. And I'm like, God, that's bad. Right, and you're like, Oh, I didn't use my burner email. I was yeah. like, <laughs> so this one from the Ottawa Citizen, September 1954. So a fresh uh, historical review. They all love Ava. In her new movie, Miss Gardner is adored by her six leading men. Wow. There were that many? <laughs> I, I One, didn't think two, leading, three, but I guess four. so. Yeah, there were a lot. There were about six. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I, don't, I think you're right, though. Leading. They're like leading. I would say Bogart is like. Bogart's your guy. Your He's guy. the one who's in it. Well, An well Oscar, Oscar's kind of in it throughout. Lead. Yeah. He won the Oscar. Oscar won the Oscar. Oscar won the Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> um, all yeah. Right. All right. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is the first. We had to pause. Starts. Yeah. <laughs> we had to count. Um, most actresses are content with one leading man in a picture, but Ava Gardner has almost the equivalent of an army squad in the Barefoot Contessa, <laughs> <laughs> the new Joseph L. Mankiewicz romantic drama filmed in Italy in Technicolor. Ava's men range from the indestructible Humphrey Bogart to the noted Italian dancer Riccardo Rioli, which I like, give him like a. Did you ever read or see The Sun Also Rises by yes. Hemingway? Yeah. He kind of had like a Sun Also Rises thing with the like, my body was ruined in the war and yeah. I won't be able to have sex with you. <laughs> was right. that the implication? The, the impo- it, yeah, yeah, he's like impotent. Or, yeah. or blown away. Or like has no downstairs. Yeah, yeah. up. They tried to put his, he's like, they tried to put my body back together. Right. Um. That was, that was that part. That, that part sucked. confused me a little bit too. I was too. like, why did you do this to her? And then like, yeah, and rude. then. I guess on I, the wedding night. Oh, I know. After he's married. Her, yeah. Like, and his sister was even like, why would you do that? Right. Yeah. But and we, and I we didn't, didn't like know. that part. We didn't we, know We didn't why. know yet. Yeah. We, I assumed it was like a family curse kind of thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's some sort of weird thing going on with this yeah. family. But, um, poor Ava. Poor Ava. Yeah. Kind of a shitty bomb to drop on your, on your wedding night. This uh, review is on Reader. Mm. Um Joseph L. Mankiewicz's 1956 Cinderella story with Ava Gardner as a peasant waif elevated to international star status by producer Humphrey Bogart. Peasant waif. Peasant waif. A thinly veiled Mankiewicz stand-in. Oh, that's interesting. Ah. Uh, which, I, yeah. Oh, as, as him. Yeah, as yeah. him. Okay, like not a, her. I was going right. to say, what? <laughs> okay. uh, it's overlong, talky, and sometimes stolid, but these are all familiar Mankiewicz failings. Wow. Okay. Harsh. Uh, well, he, he, you, you agree. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I I thought it was a little bit... Um, it went on a little bit. A little bit long, but... He shines in his deft verbal wit and novelistic propensity for detail, backlit by a highly personal blend of romance and cynicism. Mm. An imperfect film, but its excesses are suggestive as its subtleties. Um, I think that That's was... That's a fair a, review. I think fair. That's fair. Yeah, a little bit just like get to the... It's to the point they don't flower up the like good things about it, because I think there's a lot of good in this There's movie. a lot of good, Yeah, yeah. A lot of movies are made about movies. Like right. I, it's one of the only, one of the only letterbox lists I have. Um, but, oh, fun. Um, but you know, I mean, it's a good list. Well, like King Kong, like that's a, actually yeah. a movie about making movies because that's the whole point of going to the island. And right. Like, so I, I love that. I love Day for Night. I love Sunset Boulevard. Again, we we mentioned a number of these already. So it's not as if like, oh, you can't do it. It's just you really got to make it your own, and it is his own. Yeah. It does feel like it's true to him. I mean, he wrote it and he directed it but right but yeah i i it's hard too yeah with like all the movies that you just, it just come came out around the same time it's like how do you I mean, make this stand out born, you know, a star is born with, with liza minnelli too you know i mean like that's like the one i'm sorry but that's the one okay right that's <laughs> no. if you're gonna go from a uh somebody watching somebody rise to fame and that's what's weird about this yeah. film too i guess that's what is different is it sort of doesn't focus on like that part of it that's she's true. almost just not anybody yeah. well she's a, a well-known she, dancer yeah and she's, she's like all of a, a sudden a, a yeah movie star. it's like she's already she's not a raw talent she's a well-developed talent although in a star is born i mean she had skill too i whatever it's tough it's tough to come out alongside that i think it's interesting that they said that this is a thing he does a lot because i'm like oh okay I'm like he, i guess i'm not as uh familiar well, maybe he, i mean i have some a list of some of his movies but yeah i i I'm like not a Joseph Mankiewicz uh, head. No, I think I've seen uh, just All About Eve. That is a good one, though. Yeah. Fuck, that's That's right. the only one I've seen. That is pretty perfect. And he did win directing for that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just a lot of... It's such a good movie. It's really good. It's so good. Yeah, I feel like... That's like, that's invite your friends over. Watch All About Eve together. Yeah, So somebody. much fun. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Even I mean, Anne Baxter is chilling in that movie. Yeah. Like, she is chilling. Yeah. Like, you just get this sort of... Um, she goes from being this, like, I just want to help to, like, I will steal your life. Yeah. The <laughs> ulterior motives are there. It's like the single white female, like, of its time, Ooh, um, but better. Good. And uh, George Sanders yeah. is so great in that. And Marilyn Monroe. I mean, it's just it's a, a good, great... It's a great movie. Good cast. Great uh, cast. Good performances. Uh, yeah, really good. Okay. Yeah. I think... Um, yeah, this one is a fun review, too, oh, great. by yeah. uh, Dave Kerr, Chicago. Oh, yeah, the Chicago Reader. Of course. Brilliantly witty but trashy showbiz melodrama. That's from Dennis Schwartz, movie yeah. reviews. Yeah. Uh, but all tomatoes. Okay. No, so, no one's brave enough to give it a splatter. There's no splatters, okay. no. Okay. So um, it's got that going for full it. Full of wit, wisdom, and caustic dialogue, which yeah. I agree with. That's fun. Uh, I hope somebody calls my writing caustic one day. Yeah. That's a great... That's a good word. Yeah. It's better than acidic. Caustic. Yeah. Acerbic. Like. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, too. Yeah. Caustic is, it's like, yeah, bi- it's, like it's like biting. It's like but, biting, but better. But I don't, better. I don't hear caustic a lot. Yeah. Caustic feels like. New new goal. New goal, everybody. To be de- to be described as <laughs> yeah, a caustic style. A caustic podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a good name for a podcast. The I caustic. Guess. Just caustic, you know, or yeah. the caustic. 
Uh, any other we don't need the. No, it's cleaner. It's cleaner, yeah. Um, any other reviews you want to share? Or um, I think that was that's, it. A lot of them are plenty. kind of like similar. They all say the same shit. Yeah, yeah. and it's weird how many, like, especially even those older reviews, I'm like, it's less a review and as it is a description Fiction. of the movie. Yeah, that's so true. And I was like, some of these aren't really reviews. It's They're just... true. And I, that's like something I'm still working on is trying to find those reviews that aren't just sort of like, because this is what happens. Yeah. And it's a, this is this per, uh, director's third film. Yeah. Well, like Rex Reed is one of the mm. reliable. I don't I have. I need to figure out like or just do some research about him and figure out when he started writing, when he stopped, because his reviews are always intensely bombastic. Like he mm. is trying to be a bitch. There's so many of these that are probably after its time where like yeah. maybe it would got, have gotten more splatters if I watched right. The Star is Born. Right before or after. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm like disconnected I, from your Internet. Oh, no. Like, oh, you know what? This. Sometimes this room is kind of shitty for that. Oh, so okay. It's, probably, it's not you. So uh, I have some notes about the director here. Okay. In our director's chair this week is Joseph Mankiewicz. He was born February 11th, 1909 to Franz Mankiewicz and Johanna Blumenau. Uh, his father is German, Jewish, and his mother was um, from Courland, which I had to look this up. That's the historic part mm. of Latvia. So she was a Latvian uh, Jewish immigrant. Uh, he had an older sister, Erna, and an older brother, Herman. I mentioned Herman earlier. The family moved to New York City. Uh, New York City. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's the that's the cool new. That's the cool uh, New York City. They moved to New York City. That's how I'm going to say it now. We're going to say the first two. Uh, just, but not- well, because New York City is silly. Like, people who live in New York, like, you don't need to say city. Right. Like, you, know, you know where you are. <laughs> it's New York. So, anyway, they moved. The family moves to New York in the 1920s. Joseph starts attending Stuyvesant High School. Uh, he ends up following Herman to Columbia University, where he marries and uh, marries majors in English, uh, and he writes for the Columbia Daily Spectator for a little while there. Mm. So from the from the get, this is a this is a writer. Yeah, graduates in 1928. He then moves to Berlin, which at that time I know like Nazism's on the rise, but uh, although there's more in the 30s, but Berlin at this time that's a cool place to be. Yeah, like you know what I mean. So I'm like, damn. And he went over there and he worked for UFA, which is a German film company. Um, he translates and writes the intertitles for silent films. Mm. So he translates them from German to English or to English to German, you know, um, which I think is cool. But eventually yeah. um, he immersed into cinema. Yeah. Already, like it's in the cool. silent era. I mean, I think it's really cool that like, you, oh, you went to you went to Europe. You know, you, you, you went to check some shit out. I don't know. I think that's that's an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Herman, though, had gone to Hollywood. So he ends up getting his brother a job, brings him over. He's like, you know, come on. Basically doing the same work. He's mm-hmm. doing titles. Uh, but eventually starts getting into screenwriting, starts getting credits in screenwriting. Some of those early uh, titles jobs that we had were called Close Harmony. I haven't seen any of these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Close Harmony, Thunderbolt, The Virginian, and The Mysterious Dr. Fu Manchu. Okay. I'm then he starts starts to move into writing, and he's getting small credits, but on things like Fast Company, Light of the Western Stars, Only Sap's Work. Mm. <laughs> I thought that was a great title. <laughs> Skippy. Million Dollar Legs, which I actually have seen. It's a very weird movie. Hmm, Sounds like it. Diplomaniacs. And then uh, Alice in Wonderland, the 1933 one, which is the very, you know, much celebrated, you know, the the Mickey Rooney and, you know, not that I I hate Mickey Rooney, but that's that's (laughs) how you know which one it is anyway. Right. That's how it's a good descriptor. Yeah. yeah, Thank you. Um, Joseph gets a contract with MGM where he gets producing opportunities they're like okay but he doesn't it doesn't happen right away he's still a writer and he's doing things like manhattan melodrama Mm -hmm. our daily bread forsaking all others reckless i live my life but his first the first thing he produces um is called three godfathers and it's worth mentioning that 
you know, you rise as to a producer, but producer is like, you're still a writer. I mean, you, yeah. you, you're, you're doing more than writing, but a lot of it is like, you're making that script as good as it can be every day. You yeah. Know? So that's really the role that his, that kind of producer in his case was taking. Right. You know? And making sure things in the script are being like, uh, ha- that they're happening. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, you just get to have a lot more authority than the writer. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's like being a writer with power, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A writer who's like, no, I actually, actually no. like the script the way it is. It's like, no, I'm calling the shots here. Yeah. Um, so he, he takes on that new level of, of creative control with films like Fury, Love mm-hmm. on the Run, which these are actually, um, Love on the Run, Mannequin, and Gorgeous Hussy are all uh, Joan Crawford movies. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. He worked with Joan. I love it. Yeah. He did uh, Double Wedding, A Christmas Carol. Joan. Joan, yeah. The Adventures mm-hmm. of Huckleberry Finn, Strange Cargo, which is another Joan Crawford movie. It's a real weird one, but I love it. Mm. He also did The Philadelphia Story, mm. or he helped produce it anyway. Um, okay. It was written more by, um, I think, John John Barry. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, and of course, like um, Catherine Hepburn had bought the rights to that. I mean, she was very much instrumental in that being created as well. So mm-hmm. he worked with her. He also produced Woman of the Year, another great Catherine Hepburn vehicle, uh, like Spencer Tracy's in it too. Uh, and then Cairo. Yeah. Um, then he moves on to 20th Century Fox and he gets a contract there that includes directing. So he directs Dragonwick. This is his first directing deal and i okay. i have seen it but i forget completely what goes on i, I have not i seen think that. vincent price is in it hmm. i was on criterion i was probably just too stoned um, <laughs> he also happens. directed the ghost the ghost and mrs muir escape letter to three wives no way out with sydney poitier okay great yeah. uh, all about eve i mean that yeah. is like that's the best as, as far as i'm concerned um yeah and then he kind of goes independent after that because you know you make a name for yourself and that's something you can do right. he went to new york city because he wanted to write for broadway didn't quite materialize kind of mm. ended up being a director for hire uh he directed julius caesar that mm. one with brando it's yeah. such a weird weird one yeah uh and then he starts his own company uh called Figaro and that's what this film is the first production of his production company Figaro Incorporated and he'll follow this up with Guys and Dolls The Quiet American Suddenly Last Summer again some really excellent work yeah Um, then comes Cleopatra and we're getting close to sort of the end here because we all know Cleopatra's this famously huge flop. Right. You know, um, and he replaced Ruben Mamoulian who was and he thought okay I'll come in I'm I can save this or, you know, they brought me in to, to do it. And it ended up taking like the next two years of his life. He didn't have any good days <laughs> from what I understand. Uh, and then it ended up derailing his career because it was one of these huge like, Ugh, I mean, it was, so it was one of the, this is like one of the films, right? That I mean, like 20th Century Fox, like almost went bankrupt. Yeah, because it's just such an expensive it was, period piece. Oh, and Elizabeth and like, Taylor and all the, you know, I mean, not that it's not her fault. It's not no. her fault. But, you know, it, she was a big star and it came with like, she has to have her hairdresser and she has yeah. to, you know, there was just a lot of details is all I'm trying to say. And hundreds of thousands of extras and costumes and it sets and, and a then, lot of putting the cart before the horse, I think. And then it just didn't, it didn't make back the money. You yeah. Know? And it's it's also not a very good movie. I'm it's sorry. Not, it's no. not very good. It's, and I mean, it's a big costume drama. It's all about. Of, and she, look she, at this flashy set piece. Yeah, and, and honestly, I love Liz Taylor, but you're not you're not Egyptian, you yeah, know. Like yeah. you are not Egyptian, um, right? But that's the big le- big red uh, yeah. red flag. The least of least of the problems uh, of the movie, apparently, though. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, especially I mean, yeah, during that time, yeah, not any really yeah. a concern as yeah. much. But. And you know, he has cemented his legacy, so it's not as if like I, I say this derails his career, and, and to a certain extent, that's very unfair. Like yeah. you know, you know. 
I mean, lots of men fail and are, are fine. Women fail. They're often very punished for it. Yeah. But I don't think anyone, I think a flop is not a sin. And I think that's not, it's not the fault of the director, but they end up carrying and being the face of that sometimes. Yeah. And he, he went on and did some TV work and stuff. But I wonder if the experience didn't just kind of like sour him and make him like, maybe he didn't even try to come back. I don't know. You know, I mean, he had done yeah. so many great, unquestionably good works I don't, you know, and we I, all have bad. I mean, bad days versus like oh bad films. God. It's like I mean, bad no, jobs, jobs where you hated everybody, and you're like, oh, bad jobs, bad writing. Like no one is uh, gonna have a hitter every single time. But mm-hmm. it, I feel like maybe it had more of a mark back then too, yeah. especially if well, you're like again, Cleopatra is famously a flop. Yeah, you know? like and and that's again the word flop is like unfortunate too because it makes it sound like nobody came and it's right. like no. I mean, it's like Ishtar. People got really hung up on how much Ishtar cost to make right. to the point where when it came out. People were like, well, that's terrible because you spent... And it's like, it doesn't matter how much. That's not an issue for the public. Yeah. That's an issue for the studio. How, you know, if they're upset about it, that's for them. That's not mm-hmm. the public. The public has no business coming in saying how much a movie should cost. Right. I'm sorry, but it's just no. the truth. You, you don't you have an informed opinion about this. You're a moviegoer and we're trying to please you with a product. You don't need to know what went into it necessarily. Yeah. Unless you care and you want to come join the industry. Right, like maybe yeah. that's a shitty thing to say. I don't know. I, no, I, I feel like that, and I feel like it is something that most, if like, yeah, why are you concerning yourself with that if you're invested into like the I mean, the willing suspension of disbelief? Like that sort of like clouds that when you're like, I know what the production budget. That's was. That's true. And, no, you're absolutely right, and I think that's like whenever I've gone to movie Q and A's, I'm really like wanting to know like what was like the hardest day on set. Yeah, you know. But people are like, so do you think the character really loves him? And I'm like, okay, that's. You can talk about that later with your friends. Right, that's right an now, after movie, you just watch the movie and you yeah, talk about I it. I want to know, like, did anyone steal, like, anyone's spot? Did Who, yeah. sh- who chewed the scenery? Did You know, like... I was mean, there not, a scene that went really horribly but or, ended up being great right. in the movie? Or what like, was, like, a great bounce? Like, something that you thought was going to be bad and ended up being great, you know? Yeah. Like, I think those are... Those reveal so much more about, like, but again, it's the difference between the production and the story. Yeah, it's a, if you're interested in being yeah. in that world, then yeah. you're going to want to know those those yeah. answers. Like, yeah, but it's not a book club, you know? I mean, no. it's like, I don't know. Anyway, I say as I yeah enter hour one <laughs> for our podcast. Yeah. No, no, um, I just want to finish up mentioning that he has two Academy Awards, a BAFTA, a Golden Globe. Two outstanding DGA awards, Cannes Special Jury Prize, a Lifetime Achievement Award for Gold Lion, another DGA Lifetime Achievement, two Writers Guild Awards, and a Writers Guild Award Lifetime Achievement. So right. he's, he's been plenty recognized. Yeah, exactly. His flop shouldn't be his uh That should not be how we legacy. remember him. It's yeah. not, and it's not. You it's know? not. Cause but, like, I, but it's sort of the end of his it seems movie to, making It kind career. of feels like he was like, well, to hell with this. And like, that, is a, that is a bummer. I mean, I feel like- a bummer. It's sort of like, yeah, I mean, but I, it, get, I guess it's different when you're but at he'd that been level working, of fame. He'd been working since the 20s, though. Yeah. And, you know, Cleopatra was the 60s. I mean. Yeah. It is 1963. Because 63. I just it <laughs> Okay. Well. So 60s was right. We were all. Okay. That's but, I, a, but that's a big difference. I mean. It is. If, I mean, he started working when he was a young man. But that's like, that's a lifetime. You know, that's definitely a career and, and not a fruitless one. So, yeah. Um, who's your best supporting player? Um, okay, so I don't know who the actor actor is. We can but, look it up. Uh, okay, so it's the uh, drunk woman at the party. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great. Shit. Let's look that up. Let's get her yeah. name. Because I, I usually have the cast list printed and then I see. 
I was thinking Oscar for a minute, but I was like, he's like a lead, basically. I mean, it's I mean, tough lead, because, I mean, it can supporting. be any any little role. Drunken Blonde, Diane, Diana Decker. Is that it? Diana Decker. All right. I think that's a great uh, choice. Yeah, Edmund O'Brien won for Oscar Muldoon, which I didn't, I'm like, I guess that was, I, I guess I'd, I don't know who else was in the competition that year. You know, I'm like, I wonder who he was up against. Yeah. I did kind of like Jerry. The script girl, I was you know, okay. Like Elizabeth Sellers, yeah. I'm gonna go with her because she was she was very unjealous, and I liked that. Right, completely okay with like uh, she understood him going off and, yeah. and being alone with her. No yep. jealousy, no jealousy like, at all. They were both concerned for her, and yeah. I liked that. And I liked that he respected her. Right, there was sort of like a friendship that yeah. was like un- we didn't really like see a we lot. We didn't of see it, a lot but... of it, but when they're playing backgammon, he's like, "If you roll a six again, I'm gonna have you tried for a witch." <laughs> like, yeah, and like playfulness. Yeah, and... and like don't take too much of their money. You know, he he, you can tell he loves her and respects her, and I like their I like that playful relationship. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I liked the the drunk girl because when she walked away, she was just like, she just honestly, she was just honest like the whole time. She was I'm, like, I'm drunk. You're like, well, it's warm in here. No, I'm drunk. <laughs> no, I'm drunk. And then she's like, I don't even believe you're playing Pinnacle. <laughs> yeah. And like, can I ask you a question? She doesn't even ask questions. It's just like some party you got here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, she was also in the beginning, right? Like what, at the table with them? I think it's... She got slapped in the face. Yeah, I think that's a different one. Was it a different one? Might, you know what? You, you might I wasn't right, sure. Though. I kind of wondered if it was like she just oh, she still doesn't have enough self-respect to let right. this go. Because it was still Cause then they, Kirk's that circle. character comes back again later yeah. and is like, basically admits like, I shouldn't be going home with this guy, but Right, 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 yeah. Um, uh, but that actually, yeah, if if it's not the same person, then that also is another great like support. But just yeah. how um, there was some sort of line there too of like, uh-huh. um, like it takes, uh, or like you have to, develop character or something like that and she's like i've got time and she like takes a big swig of alcohol because he was like complaining about her drinking yeah that's right that's right yeah there's there's definitely uh caustic dialogue yeah yeah a lot of outspoken yeah like kind of just like and i feel like there were like a lot of um yeah female characters who were like very just like i'm gonna say it like it is and they showed the ugly side of it whereas like men are like oh don't talk to me like that yeah no that's true i think there yeah there were some strong there were some strong women in this despite, you know, or if they were damaged in some way, it felt like, oh, no, we're 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 trying to honor what happens to people who are mistreated. You know, right. like it wasn't we weren't laughing at her. You know, I think it was that that's the strength of this movie is like it, it's I wouldn't call it a feminist, you know, work or right. anything like that. But I mean, because, you know, Humphrey Bogart's still pretty paternalistic with her. yeah. You know, say like even walks her. I mean, when he pulls the count aside and he's like, you know, she's she's vulnerable. She's never been in love before. It's like, how do you know that? Right. Like, what are you saying? Or or is this just something you're saying and you don't believe it yourself? Yeah. I wondered that when I watched it a second time, which leads to my question: Would you watch this again? I don't. I think I'm. I think I'm good. I'm good too. I think I'm good. I did like it and I enjoyed it and I feel like. I, there would maybe I'd probably yeah I don't think I would watch yeah. it again. No, I mean I literally only watched it again because I failed to take notes. And yeah, I was like and I, even then I was skipping around a bit. I was kind of yeah. like, oh, okay, now we're in Italy. Oh, okay, now we're in Hollywood. You know, and and kind of drifted out of the room a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I know what happens. I just I need specific examples for today. You know, right. so I'm not just like you know it was fine. Yeah, you know? I was just talking to somebody about how like we wish there were intermissions even in yeah. regular movies because yeah. it's like one movie is a, a, lot a lot to sit through, especially when you watch movies at home too and you're yeah. like, oh, I, I love, can yeah. get up. I want to bring, yeah, bring back the intermission. If we're going to have these long ass movies, definitely like give us a little 15 minute break in the middle, you know, yeah. or 10 minutes, whatever people need. I don't know, but 
I like an intermission. I think intermissions are, are needed. And I think yeah. that is a good point. Like, mm. you know, during a, uh, we were talking about that with Barry Lyndon too. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it gives you a chance it to does. like digest the first half of a movie and be like, where do you think it's going to go? That's so like, true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that is something I love about Barry Lyndon. And I know it's like an adaptation of a book, but it does feel very like part one in which this happens and part two in which this happens. And yeah. you, sort of similar to this, you have that dry, dramatic irony or, or dramatic knowledge of no, I don't know, maybe that's not dramatic irony, but just you know where it's headed so that you can you can pick up on all of the things that are kind of amusing on the way. Yeah, you know, like, I guess that's kind of dramatic, is that dramatic irony, irony, right? It's when the audience knows, knows more. The, okay, that the, is, I did use it right. You then. did, okay. yeah. All right, yeah, sometimes right. I worry because I'll say something and I'm like, am I using that right? I don't think I'm using that Oh my right. gosh, <laughs> I do that. Yeah, there's certain words that I'm like, I just want to be, I? I just want to be real about it. You know, sometimes I say things and I'm certain and I'm like, yeah, I, I read. <laughs> and other times I'm like I'm stuff. other times I'm like I'm a fucking parrot. <laughs> and I, yeah. I and I thank you for being here because like again that it's one of these sort of unwritten goals of the pod is really what do you think? What did you really think and feel before anyone told you what it was or what you should think? Right. Know? So yeah, we try to come into all our movies like that if possible. Yeah, and it's like it's and, not always possible, of course. I mean, right. we just did The Jerk a few weeks ago. And that's like, that was like a huge, like, oh, we both haven't seen this incredibly popular movie. Yeah. So, and we- A loved, a beloved movie. Yeah. Like, well, and we started like, listen, uh, I'm a little embarrassed that I haven't seen this. Like, I'm just going to get it out there. But yeah. that's also like, let's get away from that feeling of like, you haven't seen this. Like, I no. know. And of course, then there's like the hard other opinion that people go to, which is like, you're lucky. I wish I hadn't seen it. And it's like, yeah. no, 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 we can land somewhere in the middle. We can be like, cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. You should check it out or like. Yeah, check it out if you like it. Yeah. I didn't care for it, but yeah, you know, if my, you like it. It wasn't my cup of tea, but you know. Exactly. It's fine to uh, to not go with popular yeah. opinion. And it's also fine to not see things that other people have seen. Totally. And I feel gratified when people start to express fatigue at things that I was right. tired of 10 years ago. I'm like, welcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or well, even welcome. the other way where it's like, yeah. you don't have to uh, always be different to and like things that, yeah. you know, it's okay to like a popular movie also. Oh, yeah. And no, that's totally. another thing that is, I feel like, pretty common where it's yeah, like. Yeah, we've gotten into this place where audiences have become so much more niche and, you know, like the audience yeah. finds the thing or the thing finds its audience, you know, and yeah it's just we're living in a really different world and right. I, I think some of that yeah is also just when you're young you know your partiality is so much a part of your identity and yeah I think as you get older it's like you know what I like a deep sink <laughs> <laughs> yeah I really love a deep sink a deep sink <laughs> Um, anyway, this is all tangenty. All you, tangents. You, I'll up Jim stuff. Don't worry. Uh, you can follow us on social media at Fresh Movie Pod. Um, we'll try to find that Lana Del Rey music video. We'll see if we can get that up. Um, leave us a review. Tell oh yeah, reviews are good. Reviews are great. Review uh, Breeze podcast. She, you know, we Just all need the help. Say I mean. we're caustic because yeah, that's what we want. That's right. <laughs> Cost. I actually, you know what? I do need to leave a review. I forgot to do that for you guys. So oh, that'd be great. I can do it. I will get on that.